0: Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment.
1: If you want your scariest work stories narrated on Tales from the Break Room, send them to us at eeriecast.com slash submit. Hi, welcome to Dead and Roasted. What can I get you? I enjoy driving to the cafe and I enjoy my ride home, but everything in between makes me want to throw coffee grounds in my eyes. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. I was just, uh, regretting everything. By the way, I've got some very intriguing and disturbing new stories to share with you during our little break. From aliens to violent attacks, you're going to be so riled up by the end of these stories, you won't need caffeine for another six months. These are tales from The Break Room. Why the hotel doesn't rent to employees. From Bear. I used to work at a hotel in my hometown by the airport. I'd been told the area was rough, but didn't pay it any mind foolishly because it was better than my previous job at Dunkin' Donuts. Since this is an active case, I'll change some names of course. I started in April of 2021 as a front desk clerk. On my first or second day of working there, I met one of the third shift girls, Susan. Susan is a young woman, very skinny, And from my shift lead, I heard she and her boyfriend live in a room with their two dogs. Susan was quiet even as she greeted me, and she didn't seem all there. She looked tired that day, so I chalked it up to that. After all, third shift can be a nightmare. A few days go by, and I hear from my manager that Susan had been fired, which is why her name was crossed out on the timesheet. I asked what happened. And my manager explained she had used the master key the front desk has to bypass all the door locks to go into a particular guest's room while they were out and still there is xanax we have cameras all around the building so how she was caught and fired is we literally saw her go up the stairs to the room she wasn't a bright girl later that same day a police officer came by and asked if susan lived in room 105 i told him yes and he said he would be paying her a visit, and walked out. My coworker on schedule with me that day, Rachel, and I went to the cameras to be nosy. We saw the officer walk to the room and knock. Susan answered, and she was arrested right there on the property. We all thought it was a little funny, because how could this day get any crazier? But we had no idea just how crazy it was going to get. Later that day at around 1pm, we had just completed checkouts. I was looking forward to going through my final rounds of bookkeeping and paperwork before clocking out at 2pm. The phone rang then, and Rachel was in the bathroom so I answered it. Hi, this is the front desk, how can I help you? Is Carol there? A gruff man's voice came through. Yes, she is, let me transfer you to her office phone. I punched in the numbers to have the man transferred to my manager's phone. Then I hung up the line. Not thinking much of it, as we had companies with open tabs at the hotel, so maybe it was a shift manager for one of the companies calling to extend his crew's stay. As I was going through my paperwork, I heard my manager in her office answer the phone. It sounded like the conversation had gotten heated, but through her closed door, I couldn't make out anything specific. I knew she hung up when she let out a big, exasperated sigh. Our phone at the front desk rang again, but this time, Rachel answered. Rachel is very meek and quiet, so I didn't pay it much mind when she was very hushed on the phone. When she hung the phone up, though, I noticed she looked pale. What's wrong, Rachel? Who was that? It's Susan's boyfriend. I guess he just heard that she was arrested this morning because because he said he was coming down here from his work. He sounded mad. I already have trauma from angry men thanks to my dad, so this sent a small chill down my spine. However, when the phone rang once more, showing his name on the caller ID, I felt the need to man up and answer it myself, because Rachel looked at the screen with such dread. Hello? Might as well call the cops. "'cause when I get there, I'm popping all y'all off. Then the line went dead before I could respond. I immediately go to my manager's office to tell her what happened. She's an older woman from the boys-will-be-boys generation, so she seemed to scoff at it, thinking he's bluffing. But after seeing how scared Rachel and I were, she softened and told us to lock the doors and to call the police." If a guest needed to check in, they could either wait or we could buzz them in manually with a button on the wall. Remember this info. Rachel locked the doors and I called 911. I explained to them that an ex coworker's partner had been calling the hotel, making threats towards us. The operator said she'd put it in and send someone our way, but that it wasn't really an emergency because the person threatening us wasn't actually there yet. A few minutes go by, and we see this white jeep whip into the parking lot like a bat out of hell. My stomach sank because I knew who it was. A tall, very lanky man with a buzzed head, wearing a t-shirt and ripped jeans way too big for him, exited the jeep in a huff. He makes a beeline for the front door and finds it's locked. Angry, he yanks at it repeatedly, banging on the glass with his palms. I called 911 again, because now he was here. I'm told they're working on it. Then work faster, I thought, as the man began banging the cement flower pots around the door against the glass. Rachel and I didn't want to be seen, so we hid in my manager's office. Rachel called each housekeeper, telling them to lock themselves into a vacant room. Carol and Rachel each called 911 again. I was horrified, shaking. I was thinking this is how I die, at a job I've only been at a week by a man I've never met. I texted my fiancé and I told her I loved her. I won't mention what's going on because I don't want her to worry or for it to ruin her day. The three of us snapped our heads up as we hear sirens, a sense of relief as we thought help had arrived. But that was short-lived when we realized the noise was the sound of the fire alarm. We all exchanged terrified looks of realization. The man had pulled the fire alarm. Guests were all coming out of their rooms. If he was really packing heat, he could mow them down right now like sitting ducks. Frantically, I dialed 911 again. 911, What's? I've already been calling. My manager's been calling. My co-worker's been calling. We need help now. Sir, slow down. What's going on? I explained everything I'd already explained the last few times I called. And he just pulled the fire alarm which is flushing guests out of their rooms. They're in danger now too, we've been calling for 30 minutes now, and- Sir, we're only trying to help, do not shout at me. I'm standing in the manager's office, looking at her big monitor with the cameras on it. I can see the man storming off somewhere unseen by cameras. Out of confusion, some of our regulars came to the door to see what was wrong. Rachel, being terrified and seeing the familiar faces, buzzed them in. I guess from where the boyfriend was, he saw the door open and raced to catch the door, getting inside before it got closed. I panicked and screamed into my phone. He's in the building now! What? He's there. He's been here and he just got through the locked door. Where are the police? Uh, it looks like there's an officer on the case, just stay calm." Easy for you to say, I thought. I had to take a moment to compliment the guts my manager had, because when the man got through the door, I saw Rachel race back to the office with me, but as he tried to chase her, my manager went nose to nose with him, blocking him from coming to the back where we were. "'Ain't you woman enough to call me, huh?' he growled in her face. She didn't falter. "'What do you want?' You're pulling fire alarms, scaring guests. You have my workers scared. What do you want? What will make you get out? From my view of them, I saw him grit his teeth. Then he glanced over his shoulder, looking at the guests, who for the most part were all retired Marines and looked like they'd skin him if he got any closer to Carol. Then he answered, I want my dogs. I need a key. Carol scoffed because he caused all this trouble, all this talk just to wuss out in the end. I'm grateful he chickened out, and I'm forever grateful that our regulars were there, because I'm not so sure he would have changed his tone had they not been there. Carol made him a one-time-use key to the room and handed it to him. This is one use. Get the dogs and leave. Now. He begrudgingly took the key, then ducked his head out of view of the piercing looks of our regulars as he exited the office. For those wondering, a cop did eventually arrive. He lazily slung his car into our lot with no sirens, no lights, fifteen minutes after the guy got his dogs and left already. My manager had dropped the tough exterior she put on to face the guy and broke down in front of the officer, lamenting how she put herself in harm's way because of their slow response. The officer seemed confused and shocked. He said the incident had been reported to him as a routine call but judging by the description of what had transpired, it should have been put in as an emergency domestic case. Rachel had already put in her notice prior to this, but after that day, she left and never came back. I should have too, but I needed the money. So I stayed there for five more months, but I never went into a shift without my taser and pepper spray. Now I'm also distrusting of calling the police. Because, what if next time they're slow to respond again? And that makes all the difference between my life and my death.
0: This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
1: Warning. The following story contains visceral descriptions of animal death. Alien on the road. From J.S. This happened to me a few years ago. To this day, it is by far the scariest thing that has ever happened to me. At the time this story took place, I had recently gotten my first job. About a week before that, I got my driver's license. I live in Europe, so we're legally allowed to drive when we turn 18, not 16 or 17 or whatever it is in America. My job at the time was operating a CNC machine for a pretty big company in my area. The pay was subpar, but I wasn't complaining, since it was my first job, and I was just happy to finally find a place that would hire me. Plus, I still lived with my parents at the time, so I didn't really have to worry about paying the bills. We would also work in shifts for whatever reason. The work wasn't hard, just boring. After I finished my shift one day, it was already about 8 or 9 pm. It takes me about half an hour to get home. It was raining quite heavily that night, and since I was still an inexperienced young driver that just got his license a couple of weeks ago, I decided to drive much safer than usual, even though I already memorized the road by this point. I guess the fear of getting into an accident got to me, so I was driving below the speed limit. There I was, driving slowly like a turtle in my old 2001 Red Golf that I got for basically nothing, driving down the same road I drove every day. At first, nothing was out of the ordinary. Since it was already so late and that road didn't see a lot of traffic, even in the daytime, I was alone on the road. Or so I thought, at least. At one point, the road becomes a straight line for about 4 or 5 miles, so thinking that I was the only one on the road, I gained a sudden gust of courage, or stupidity, and I decided to speed up a bit so I could get home much faster. Not even a full minute of me speeding had passed when something jumped in front of my car from the bushes. I hit the brakes so fast and hard, but by that point, it was already too late. The damage had been done, both to my car and to the thing I just hit. At least, that's what I thought. After I calmed myself down a bit, I cautiously got out of my car to search for what I hit, hoping and praying that it wasn't a person. After looking around a bit, I finally saw it. There in front of me lay a small white rabbit, now covered in its own blood. The poor thing wasn't even mature yet. After about a minute or two of me just looking at the rabbit, dumbfounded, I went back to check the damage on my car. The front of the car looked like someone had bashed it with a sledgehammer, and one of the lights was completely gone. I was flabbergasted. There was no way something that tiny caused so much damage, and while I was driving a bit faster than before, it was nowhere near enough for a rabbit to damage my car that badly on impact. I was afraid the car wouldn't start up again. After trying a few times, it eventually did start. You probably can't imagine how relieved I was. I had no money for calls on my phone, and I didn't know any car towing company's phone numbers. The idea of calling the emergency line never occurred to me, probably because I was still in shock or something. After checking that the car worked, I went back to the rabbit. I wanted to at least get it out of the road and put it back where it came from. I felt sorry for the thing, but nothing could be done at that point. It died on the spot. When I got close to the rabbit, however, I noticed something. Under the rabbit, there was some kind of black liquid. The majority of the blood that was on the ground and on my car got washed away by the pouring rain, but the black liquid remained there, unaffected by the downpour. But then, it appeared as if the rabbit was starting to breathe again. Weirded out by this, I didn't touch it. I just continued to watch, because all of this didn't feel natural. It looked more like something was trying to escape out of the rabbit than anything else. That's when I saw something poke out of the rabbit's chest. It was thin and dark, like a wire, but it was alive. The second it poked out, some kind of noise came with it. I don't know if it was the gases in the rabbit making it or the thing coming out of it, but it sounded similar to that squeaky noise you hear when you hold the end of a balloon and slowly release air from it. Horrified, I stumbled back, not taking my eyes off the rabbit. The thin, dark thing began poking out more and more, eventually being longer than the rabbit itself. With every movement the thing did, it somehow mutilated the rabbit even further. When the thing finally got out of the rabbit completely, it was almost twice as long as it. The rabbit at that point looked deflated, like everything inside of it just vanished. The creature that emerged was long, dark, and thin, covered in the same black liquid that was under the rabbit. It looked like it escaped from some kind of secret laboratory, or from a sci-fi film. Before I could even react, this abomination began slithering away into the trees on the other side of the road, still producing that same sound. After witnessing that, I got into my car. I tried to process what happened, what I just saw. When I made it home, I got berated by my dad for damaging the car. I tried to explain to him what happened, but after I realized how insane I might sound, talking about some alien thing, I just told him that some animal had jumped in front of the car. After trying to rationalize what happened, and failing, I gave up and decided to look online, to see what it could have been. I searched almost all night, but I couldn't find a single thing. I went to all kinds of sites in search of answers, but nothing matched the description of what I saw. The closest results I got were some parasites that take over the victim's brain, but that mostly happened to fish, and it was nowhere near as otherworldly looking as that thing. Still, I occasionally drive through that same road to this day, and nothing like that has ever happened again. All these years later, I still lose sleep thinking about it, thinking about that thing, that alien parasite demon, or whatever it was, that slammed into my car. I have no idea why it was inside a small rabbit, because judging from the speed at which it slithered away, it was as fast as the rabbit itself, if not faster. Was it hiding for protection, or was it feeding on the rabbit? Heck, maybe it was in there simply for fun. I don't really want to know. I sincerely hope it's a a one-of-a-kind, and I pray that there aren't more out there in the world. Movie Theater Hauntings From That One Redhead I work at a movie theater. This theater is very old and has seen several owners in its lifetime. Something that has never changed, though, were the several stories of ghosts here, Now, I've personally never seen most of the ghosts my co-workers have talked about. I am a skeptic, and I try to use logic to rationalize what the others said that they've heard or seen. Within the first week working at the movie theater, I got told all the ghost stories. Some were from our other locations, but most were from here. One of the first things I was told was, The theater will let you know when it wants you out. The constant rumor we heard was that you start to hear the ghosts once it gets too late in the night. Past midnight, If we were still cleaning from the last set of movies. I was told that cannon fire could be heard, as if a war was going on, or horses galloping up and down the hallways. At this point, I've worked here for over a year and a half, and I've heard the so-called cannon fire, but never the galloping horses. This building is a part of a strip mall, and it just so happens that there is a Planet Fitness next door. So the cannons that people heard may have just been weights being dropped on the other side of the wall. Now, I haven't been able to explain my way through every ghost story my coworkers have told me. Some of them were enough to even scare me. For context, this theater is very small. It's got six screens. And when we first opened back up after COVID, we barely got five customers in a day sometimes so we had a very small staff in the beginning, as in it was just me and one other coworker working at the theater through the day. Sometimes we even ran the theater by ourselves if it was a particularly dead day. My co-worker Kevin has a habit of whistling random things. Not full songs or like a whistle to get your attention, it's like he'll get one small part of a tune stuck in his head and he whistles out loud here and there. I've grown accustomed to hearing this while we work together. There have been several occasions when I'm working by myself, and I swear I hear Kevin whistling in the lobby of the theater. But when I look at the lobby camera, no one's there. That really gives me the creeps. There have been a couple of times Kevin has told me that when he's in the lobby cleaning the counters, he'll hear the sound of someone breathing out heavily right behind him. But when he turns around, he doesn't see anyone. Neither of us can think of an explanation to either of these things. We thought the heavy breathing thing Kevin heard could just be the soda machine pumping the CO2 from the tank, but we can't exactly figure out what's causing the sound. Since I work at a movie theater, I do get to watch movies for free, and I tend to do early showings of the newest movies. The earliest we can play the movies most of the time is Midnight, the Thursday before it comes out. So, me and my coworker Kevin, decided we wanted to watch the newest movie that was coming out that weekend. The movie was Conjuring The Devil Made Me Do It. This was back in the summer of 2021. Everything was fine until three quarters of the way through the movie. Kevin said he thought he saw something. Since this was an older theater, it had those old, fold-down seats that were uncomfortable to sit in for more than an hour and a half. No stadium seating. The particular theater we were watching the movie in was set up so when people come in, they have to walk around the edge of the room following a half wall that separated the seats from the walkway. Kevin swore up and down that he saw something peeking its head out around the half wall, looking at us before hiding itself from our sight. I told him he was just scaring himself. I mean, we were watching a horror movie. I didn't want to take a chance though, and I kept looking at the half wall trying to see if what Kevin had said was true. Eventually, the movie ended, the lights went up, and I didn't think about it again until my next shift. We have cameras in the theaters. They're not pointed towards the screen in case someone wanted to hack into them. We don't want someone getting access to free movies now, do we? Some people don't realize we have cameras, So couples try to do things, which is, in itself, scary enough for us to accidentally see while trying to do a theater count. They have night vision, but it only works so well, and it's in black and white. I happened to work the opening shift after watching that movie at midnight. I got curious and loaded up the playback from the theater we were watching the movie in. I could see both me and Kevin sitting down watching the movie. I set the playback to double speed. I started to get my opening shift paperwork together, glancing at the screen on occasion. It wasn't until I noticed a shadow near the half wall by the walkway that I saw Kevin snap his head in that direction. Then I saw Kevin's mouth move and I saw my head turn towards the same direction and by then, the shadow was gone. I felt a chill run down my spine as I replayed the clip several times trying to figure out what I just saw. I couldn't deny it, there was a shadow that moved around the wall just into our sight and once Kevin looked over at it, it dissipated into nothing. Kevin hadn't been lying about what he saw. I've gotta say that is the closest I think I've come to possibly seeing a ghost. I definitely did not want to watch a movie at midnight for a while after that. I told our IT tech guy who used to be the general manager for this location, and he told me we were either brave or stupid for watching a scary movie in Theater 6. I asked why. He told me, You know about all the ghost stories we've told you about Theater 5? Well, we don't talk about Theater 6 because the ghost in there isn't as passive as the one in 5. Let's just say I haven't watched a horror movie in Theater 6 since he told me that. Tales from the Break Room is a viewer-submitted podcast featuring allegedly true scary stories that happened on the way to, on the way from, or at work. If you want your story to be narrated on the show, send it to us at ericast.com submit. As of April 14th, we're paying three cents per word for stories that are approved and make it onto the show. Submission does not guarantee approval or payment. For a limited time only, PayPal only. Tales from the Break Room is an EerieCast network original podcast hosted by Darkness Prevails. You can follow him on Twitter at Dark Prevails, and you can hear thousands more stories read by him on our other show, Unexplained Encounters. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow and rate Tales from the Break Room on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also enjoy plenty more horror-themed podcasts at EerieCast.com.